Good morning, church family, and welcome to the Lord's Day. Okay, I know this is a very different way than we did church last week and the way we normally do church, but I trust and pray that the Lord will still meet us as we gather this day. Um, I just want to hope that and pray that everyone's doing fine, and um, even with all this stuff going on with the coronavirus, that uh, everyone is doing well. And we be and we've been praying for you and uh, thinking about all of you in our church family. If you have your Bibles, please open to John chapter 16. We'll be looking at John 16, verses 23 through 33. This chapter is the end of our series, The Final Charge. And though this is part of the series we've been going through in John 14 to 16, I think it speaks to what, what's been going on here in our communities, in our state, in our country, in the world, and in our lives regarding the coronavirus. Our passage today is the end of Jesus' time with his disciples in the upper room. And we read about this time in John 13 to 17. But now we're going to focus on John 16, verses 23 through 33. And I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. If you want to stand as I read this, you can. I'm just going to be sitting because of this setup here. John 16, verses 23 through 33. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. In that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you receive, so that your joy may be made full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language. An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will, re I will request of the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. Verse 28. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. I am leaving the world again and going to the Father. His disciples said, Lo, now you are speaking plainly and are not using a figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you, do you now believe? Then verse 32, Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Okay, please join me in prayer. Thank you, Father God, for this time. And Lord, I thank you that no matter where we are, that you're a God who's everywhere, so that you're present with us no matter where we are. Thank you that you are the creator God, you're the King of kings, you're the Lord of lords, and I ask that you'll meet us as we gather this day. Please meet us in whatever we're going through in our lives now. I pray that you also just bless and guide this sermon. Holy Spirit, I ask that you touch us and draw us to you, Jesus. I lift up the concerns that we have regarding the coronavirus. Lord, we just lift up these concerns to you 
and how it's affected our lives, our country, and the world. And we just give them to you, Lord. We give our concerns to you, Lord. We ask that you'll speak to us, Lord, through your word regarding this and whatever else is going on in our lives. We ask that you use your word, Lord, to comfort us, to fill us with your peace, and to equip us. That you also use this, your word to prepare us as your people. May we know you more, Lord, through the time of worship and this time in your word. Lord, I pray this for the furtherance of your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. With all that's been going around lately in the world and the things that have affected our lives regarding the coronavirus, with the fears, uncertainties, the changes in what we can and cannot do, the panic buying, empty shelves in stores, our lives are not the same. Even from a few days ago, it's not the same. Life is definitely not the way we planned it or hoped it, that it would be. And so people, even we, uh, might have said or even thought things like this. All this is messing up the way I plan for this season of my life. I've never felt this fearful or unsafe in my life. This is not the way I wanted my senior year of high school to end. No prom, no opportunity to enjoy the end of this chapter of my life. Hearing the news and all about the daily changes regarding the coronavirus is making me depressed. I was so looking forward to those social gatherings with my friends, to go to the movies, to go to a game to watch our favorite sports teams. We even got good tickets to see Hamilton. Because of the school closures, I'm probably not going to be able to walk across the stage in my, in my college graduation. What's going to happen with, to my business? What's going to happen with my job? I knew I should have bought that extra package of toilet paper, even if it wasn't on sale. With all of this panic buying, should I buy, be buying more stuff? I didn't think I was a germaphobe but I can't wait to wash my hands. We sing happy birthday twice, right, as we wash our hands? We spend all this time planning for our wedding, reception, and honeymoon. What should we do now? Our dream vacation is now canceled, and on top of that, we'll probably lose money too. This is not the way I thought things were going to work out. We hear many emotions being expressed by many different people, during this coronavirus crisis. There's fear, worry, panic, disappointment, stress, frustration, and a lot of other emotions as well. Though not stated in our passage today, Jesus' disciples might have expressed some similar kind of emotions, some similar kind of thoughts uh, in the next days and next hours uh, when Jesus would be later arrested, put on trial, and crucified. They might have said, I can't believe this is happening. This is not the way I thought things were going to work out. Jesus wasn't going to do things the way they thought or hoped he would. So as we've seen in John 14 through 16, Jesus has been preparing his disciples for when he would no longer be physically present with them and to prepare them for the events that were about to happen. He was preparing them for a time when they would experience fear, worry, trouble, disappointment, and persecution. The title of the sermon is Finding Peace in Jesus. Finding Peace in Jesus. 
I want to focus on the last verse, John 16, 33. But before we look at that verse, I want us to remember that during this time in the upper room with his disciples, Jesus showed them actions of humility by washing their feet. And he shared with them about a lot of different things. He shared with them about his betrayal, about loving one another, the way to the Father, the coming and work of the Holy Spirit, telling them of being closely connected to him like branches are connected to a vine. He, he shared with them about that he's leaving, and he shared about, uh, with them about his death and resurrection and how their sorrow is going to be turned into joy. Now, Jesus knows that after he shares and prays for his disciples that he's going to be betrayed. So this is like the last time that he has with them. And Jesus ends what he wants to say to them. Um, as he ends what he wants to say to them, I can imagine that he wants to say some very important things to them, things that they'll remember. In our passage today, Jesus seems to be emphasizing at least four topics. The first is prayer. Prayer in Jesus' name, verses 23 to 27. And then purpose. Jesus is reiterating the reason he came. And then knowing. Jesus knows what's going to happen. What's going to happen um, doesn't surprise him. What's going to happen doesn't surprise him. And then he wants to share with them about peace, courage, and victory. Jesus wants his disciples to be filled with his peace, to be courageous, and to walk in his victory. Let's look at the first point, prayer. These aren't in your notes right now, okay? Jesus is reminding his disciples and emphasizing a connection and fellowship with God. Because of their love and, and belief in Jesus, they can have access to the Father. They can come before him in prayer. Three times in our passage today, Jesus tells his disciples to ask in my name. Verse 23 says, If you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Verse 24 says, Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and this verb means to keep asking, and you'll receive so that your joy may be made full. Verse 26 says, In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf. And verse 27 says, for the Father himself loves you and have believed um, because, because you have, the Father himself loves you because you have believed me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. Jesus is saying that he doesn't have to persuade the Father to answer their prayers because of their love and belief in Jesus. The Father loves them. They can come to the Father God, to come to Father God in prayer. They have access to him. So Jesus tells his disciples three times to pray in his name. One commentary states, To pray in Jesus' name is to not to use his name as a formula, ritualistically tacking on to eat the end of a prayer to ensure its success. Rather, it is to pray for that which is consistent with Christ's person and will, and to affirm that one's complete dependence on him to supply every need, with the goal that he would be glorified in the answer. So to pray in Jesus' name, we pray as his representative. To pray in the authority of who he is and what he's done. So if we are representing the Lord, we want to pray what's on his heart. 
To know what, what's on the Lord's heart is to know him and to know his word, to spend time with the Lord, growing in relationship with the Lord. Uh, I have this illustration that came to mind. Um, I have this teapot here. Now, it's not gold. I was thinking about, you know, sometimes I think people or we might even approach God and think, oh, this is like a, a golden lamp. We're going to rub it and then poof, out comes God like a genie and we get our three wishes. But it's not like that. Prayer is not supposed to be like that. Praying in Jesus' name is not supposed to be like that as well. We're praying what's on the heart of the Lord. And how do we know the heart of the Lord? It's by fellowshipping with him. And so we have our teapot. We also have teacups, hopefully two teacups, two, two teacups like this. And it's like coming before the Lord, fellowshipping with him, spending time with him, talking with him. And it's not, so it's not like a, a magic lantern, but it's like more like a teapot or a coffee pot or something, whatever it is, of being with the Lord and spending time with him and fellowshipping with him. Getting to, know with, getting to know him, connecting with him, hearing what's on his heart, sharing what's on our heart as well. So the first point is prayer. The second topic that Jesus talks about is purpose. Jesus says again that the, of the purpose of why he came to earth. Verse 28 says, I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. I am leaving the world again and going to the Father. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world, the first part of verse 28. That almost sounds like a very familiar and probably one of the most popular verses that, that we share about when talking about Jesus. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus' purpose, that he's, he's God's gift of love to us, he became the perfect sacrifice for us, so that when we put our faith and trust in him, um, we can have forgiveness for all of our sin and shame, and we have a new, restored, renewed, eternal, everlasting relationship with God. So prayer, purpose, and the third point is knowing. Jesus knew what was going to happen. What's going to happen doesn't surprise him. Verse 28 says that Jesus knew that he came from the Father and that soon he would be leaving the world and going back to the Father. In verse 29 and 30, even though the disciples profess understanding and faith in what Jesus said and who he was, Jesus knew that later on that they were going to desert him. In verse 32, Jesus says, Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered each to his own home, and to leave me alone. And yet, I am not alone, because the Father is with me. In verse 33, Jesus also knows that his disciples are going to go through tribulation. Verse 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So Jesus knows in advance of the things that are going to happen. When it happens... It doesn't surprise him. It doesn't catch him off guard. And if Jesus knew about these things before they happened, I would, I would imagine, I would believe that he also knew about the coronavirus. Why? Because of who he is. He's God. And we'll look more into that later on. So calling his disciples to pray, reminding them of his purpose, letting them know that he knows what's going to happen. And the fourth point 
peace, courage, victory. Jesus wants his disciples to be filled with his peace, to be courageous, and to walk in his victory. In John 16.33, Jesus is in a sense telling his disciples why he's been saying all that, all that he's been saying to them, and that is to prepare them for what will happen next. In a time of fear, confusion, disappointment, anxiety, worry, in a time when things aren't going the way they thought, thought it would, or in a way they hoped or planned for, in spite of all these negative things going on, Jesus tells them that they can have peace and to be courageous because he has won the victory, a victory they haven't yet seen. In John 16.33, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me ye may have peace. In the world ye have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus said that he spoke, uh, these, he spoke these things to disciples for a purpose, so that in him they may have peace. But where is this peace going to come from? What is the source of this peace? Again, verse 33 says, these things I, I, these things I Jesus, have spoken to you so that in me, it's in Jesus, that they and we can have peace. As, as I read this verse, as I went through this passage over and over again, and as I thought about John uh, 16.33, uh, I thought about this old Maranatha music praise song that some of you might remember. Uh, that's, that's basically the words of this uh, verse. And as I thought about this verse and what it said, it dawned on me that Jesus didn't say that's in, that it's in our circumstances or in the current situation or in the latest news report that we have peace. Jesus said that the source of peace, the one who gives us peace, is him. Peace is found in Jesus. In the second part of verse 33, Jesus says, in the world you have tribulation. Other translations of the Bible translate this word besides tribulation as suffering or distress, affliction, trouble, persecution, trials, and sorrows or difficulties. Whether we are Christian or not, living in this world, we're going to have troubles and difficulties. But even in the midst of the tribulation, troubles, and difficulties, Jesus tells his disciples to take courage. Instead of the word courage, other translations use the words to be encouraged or to take heart or to have confidence, to never lose heart, to be of good cheer. One commentary says this, it says, In the world, the followers of Jesus are destined to have trouble or for the church to be persecuted. But Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome the world. There is solid reason for joyful confidence. The world will do its worst to me yet I will come through victoriously. The victory that I will win will be yours as well. The verb to overcome is a military term and denotes victory in warfare. The perfect tense emphasizes the abiding nature of that victory. So this victory of Jesus is enduring and continuing. Again, John 16:33 says, Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you so that in me, in Jesus, because of Jesus, you may have peace. And so I was wondering, as I read this, I was thinking, what are those things that Jesus had spoken to his disciples about? 
the first point in one of your hands that you have there, it says, we can have peace, number one, we can have peace in relation in relationship with Jesus and in knowing who he is. So let's take a look at what Jesus said to his disciples. If you look at the handout, if you hopefully you have it. If you don't, you can check on it later. It's a lot of information there. I didn't want to have to have you write it down, so it's all there for you. You can look at it later. Um, it has the verse on top, John 16, 33. These things I, Jesus, have spoken to you so that me in me you might have peace. Again, we're looking at the things Jesus shared with his disciples. So what did he say? What did he say to his disciples about who he is? Uh, we're going to look at uh, some different passages. Now, on your paper, there's a lot of uh, different things Jesus said about who he is, but I'm only going to highlight a few of these. Otherwise, it would take too long. Okay, for one, Jesus said that, that he is God. That's the first bullet point, that he is God. Further down, it says, Jesus gives us peace. If you look further down from that, it says, Jesus and the Father are one, so he knows what's going to happen. Right after that, it says, Jesus came from the Father and has come into the world. He will leave the world and go back to the Father. So Jesus knew advance was going to happen, a point that I, that I made earlier. The next point after that says, Jesus is the one who can give us peace. And then Jesus has overcome the world. And again, uh, the word overcome uh, denotes victory, victory in warfare in this sense. So Jesus has the final victory. After that, I have different statements. I am statements of Jesus. We're not going to go through that, but this just gives us an idea. These points give us an idea of who Jesus is, that he is God. The second point, okay, so we have peace. Um, we can have peace because Jesus is God. We, the second point, we can have peace in relationship with Jesus and in knowing what he says about us as his disciples. So let's look again at the handout if you have it. If not, just listen carefully and you can look at the handout later on. And again, I'm going to look at not all of the points because there's a lot of points there. I'm just going to look at some of the points. And the way I wrote this, I tried to personalize it, like whatever it said in the passage about who Jesus says his disciples are, who, what he says about his disciples, of who they are, I tried to personalize it. And I think that when we read scripture, um, I encourage you, when you find scripture where Jesus is talking about his people and who they are, I encourage you to personalize it, that this is who he says we are. And so, just like Jesus had I am statements about himself, I made these I am of who Jesus says we are. Not making us equal with God, but his, he's telling us this is who, how he sees us, who we are. Okay, so if you look down, probably about the fifth point, it says, I am one who will, deal the, who will do the works of Jesus. Next point after that, I am one who is called to pray and to ask in Jesus' name, in his authority. The next point after that, I am not left alone. We can have peace because we know that we are not left alone. In our passage in John 16, or through 14 through 16, or John 14, 16 and 17, it says that the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. After that, the point after that, I am loved. I'm indwelt with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to read the verses that go along with these. It'll take too long. You could look at them later. 
but I am indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit who is with us forever. I am helped. I am taught. I'm counseled by the Holy Spirit. I am given the peace of Jesus. And then about four points, three points after that, it says, I am one who can be filled with Jesus' joy, a full joy. And a few points after that, it says, I am one who will bear witness, testify, tell others about Jesus. This is one of the things that he calls us to do as his followers. And after that, it says, I am one who can ask the Father for anything in Jesus' name. We have this relationship, this connection with God through Jesus Christ. And the point after that, because of Jesus, I am one who has given the peace of Jesus in spite of tribulation, disappointments, and trouble. Jesus has overcome the world. He has, he has won the victory. And I want to add one more to that that's not on your paper. And that is this. Jesus knows my weaknesses and failings. Jesus knows my weaknesses and failings. And yet, he still encourages me to be courageous and to be involved in the work of his kingdom. Jesus knows my weaknesses my failings, my failures, and yet he still encourages me to be courageous, to be courageous and to be involved in the work of his kingdom. You could look at John 16, 32 and 33 regarding, regarding that. So remember that the Lord is with his disciples. He's preparing them for the time when he'll no longer be physically present with them. He is preparing them for the battle and the troubles ahead. He wants them to know who he is. And Jesus also wants his disciples to know their identity in him so that in him, in Jesus, they might have peace. And that they're able to face the difficulties, uncertainties, changes, and challenges that they will face in the world before them. Because he is with them. He has given them, he has given us his Holy Spirit. What does Jesus want to do with his peace? What does he want us to do with his peace that he gives us? That's point number three. In relationship with Jesus, he wants us to be a people of prayer. Besides the points I made earlier about um, praying in Jesus' name that we saw earlier in John 16, um, you know, he mentions it a few times and he mentions it at the end. So, I, you know, he's trying to tell the disciples and, telling, and tell us that prayer is very, very important. And in John 14, 13, Jesus says that we also ask in Jesus' name so that the Father may be glorified. So we ask for things that will bring glory to God. John 15, 17 says, in, the, in that verse, Jesus says, John 15, 17, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. One person stated it this way, in, in, in interpreting or in, in translating what, how he saw this verse. He said, as if Jesus was saying these words, But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it'll be done. Now, regarding prayer in these current times, in times of crisis, 
in a time when people are fearful, anxious, worried, and, or, or if they're sad or disappointed or whatever feelings they might have, they might be open to receiving prayer. And someone's sharing something with you about their fears or worries, you can ask them, hey, can I pray for you? You don't have to say, hey, but you can say, can I pray for you? And maybe as you pray for them, the Lord's peace will replace their fears. And if, if the person doesn't yet know Jesus, the Prince of Peace, then ask if they would like to receive him as their Savior and Lord. On a side note, as I thought about the coronavirus pandemic, I was reminded of 9-11. And back then in 9-11, uh, 2001, it was a time of national crisis for our country. And it's a time when people were moved. Um, people came back to the Lord. People came to church. And I hope during this time of a worldwide crisis with this coronavirus pandemic, that the Lord would use this time to strengthen and equip Christians, that we as Christians will be strengthened and will grow and, and, and hold on to and, and just desire to know the Lord more, to grow in our relationship with, with him so we can know what he's telling us to do, so we could step up to do the things that he's calling us to do. And that through this time, hopefully, I'm hoping, just like many people in our country turned to Jesus during 9-11, I'm hoping and praying that many people worldwide will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that the body of Christ worldwide, the Christians worldwide, would be stronger and equipped for this outpouring of the Spirit and many people come to know the Lord. That's my hope and prayer. And I hope that we'll, we'll just pray that that will happen. So getting back to our points again. So we can have peace first in relationship with Jesus and knowing who he is. We can have peace, secondly, in relationship with Jesus and in knowing what he says about us as his disciples. Number three, in relationship with Jesus, he wants us to be a people of prayer. But what do we do when we don't feel peaceful? What do we do when we don't feel peaceful? One, we can remember these first few points. We can remember who God is. We can remember the second point, too. We can remember who he says we are, that we're loved by him. We're not alone. The Lord is always with us. We can also do things like talk to someone, call someone on the phone, FaceTime them. We can get prayer, have someone, as we talk to someone on the phone or a family member, we can get prayer. You can contact a pastor. Now, because we have this safer at home uh, regulation from the government now and the church office is closed, you can email a pastor and set up a phone call or even a FaceTime with them, and then the pastor can get back to you. If you want to know the, pass, uh, the email of our, our pastors, just take the first initial and their last name at evergreensgv.org. So, for example, mine is R Miyake. M-I-Y-A-K-E at evergreensgv.org. Or you can go to the church website, evergreensgv.org, uh, click on the About uh, uh, link, scroll down, you'll see the uh, pictures of the pastors, find the pastor that you want to contact, click on their picture, and they'll set you up for an email um, that you can send to them to, to contact them. And of course, besides doing all those things that I mentioned, we can talk to God. We can talk to God about how we're doing, what's weighing upon us as well. And one way we can pray to God is this fourth point. In relationship with Jesus, 
we release to him our fears and worries and ask him to fill us with his peace. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We can use this passage as sort of like a guide to pray, uh, releasing whatever is weighing upon us and asking for the Lord's, Lord's peace. So it goes something like this. So we can look at verse 6 where it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So it is releasing and giving to the Lord whatever is causing us to be anxious or worried or even fearful, giving him our disappointments or whatever else is going in our mind, if we're angry or whatever it might be. It's like saying, Lord, I release and give to you. And whatever it is, we just give that to him, whatever's on our minds. Lord, I release and give to you whatever's on our minds, whether it's worry our health concerns, worries about, fears about the coronavirus. We can release and give to the Lord um, things that are going on. We can give to the Lord our disappointments and whatever disappointments we might have. Whatever it is, we can release and give to the Lord. And then we pray verse 7. Verse 7 again says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So after we release whatever it is we want to give to the Lord, we pray something like this. Lord, please fill my heart and my mind with your peace. Lord, please fill me with your peace that surpasses all understanding. Replace my fears and anxieties with your peace, Lord, and guard my heart and my mind in you, Jesus. After you pray the releasing prayer, after you pray for the Lord to fill you with his peace, you can add also something like this. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you that you are God, that you know all things, that you're in control of everything. Thank you, too, that you are with me always. So we can have peace with God. We can have peace, one, in relationship with Jesus and knowing who he is. We can have peace, two, in relationship with Jesus and in knowing what he says about us as his disciples. Three, in relationship with Jesus, he wants us to be a people of prayer and what do we do when we don't feel peaceful? We remember who God is. We remember who he says we are, that we're loved by him. We're not alone. The Lord's always with us. We can talk to someone. We can get prayer. We can contact a pastor. We can talk to God. And in relationship with Jesus, we release to him. We can release to him our fears and worries and ask him to fill us with his peace. Um, if we were at church, if this was... Um, if we we're at church and we we're able to do this, what I wanted to do at the end of uh, this message was to share a song that one of my daughters shared with me via YouTube. Unfortunately, uh, we can't show it right now um, on the screen, but I hope you'll check it out after the worship uh, service ends. The song is called Still in Control by Mac Brock. Still in Control by Mac Brock. Uh, you can click on the link if it's there on the link, or you can go to YouTube and search for Still in Control by Mac Brock. A really good song. The words, uh, to me, fit uh, the season we're in. It fits even just this passage. 
And I think it will, it will really um, will touch where we're at regarding all that's been going on. Finally, I'd like to just share that in, in preparing his disciples for the difficulties, the trials, and the tribulations that were to come, Jesus told his disciples that they could have peace, that they could have peace in him by remembering and embracing what he had said to them. I hope that we too will look to and embrace Jesus and what he said so that through the challenges, stresses, changes, fears, and disappointments that we might face now as we deal with the coronavirus or even in times of challenges in the future that we can find peace in Jesus by remembering what Jesus said, knowing that he is God, that he is with us forever, and that we can come to him anytime and with anything in prayer. So please join me in prayer. Father God, we thank you that that even as we go through these times of dealing with changes in our lifestyle, changes regarding the coronavirus, things we didn't plan, things are out of, that are out of control, out of our control, we thank you that you are God, that you are in control of all these things. And we look to you, we trust you with all that's going to happen. We ask, Lord, that you will use this time to help us to, um, as someone said, maybe not get back to normal the way things were, but Lord, is there something new that you want it to be our new normal? Maybe with this time that we have of not going places, you want us to spend more time with you. I pray, God, that as we come before you, that you will meet us, that our desire to know you, to spend more time with you will grow. Lord, that you will um, just guide the times, uh, the things that we do um, with being in the safer-at-home kind of uh, situation. Lord, we pray that even during this time, though we're not maybe physically connecting with people, Lord, that you'll show us ways uh, to connect with others, to encourage them, to um, pray for them, to just hang out and talk with them via phone or FaceTime. And Lord, that um, if we're able, that we can even help people with uh, maybe supplies that they need or, or bringing food to them. But Lord, I pray that you'll use this time for your will and purposes, that we won't miss out on what you have for us as your followers for this time, that you'll meet us, that you'll grow us. Lord, I pray too that um, for any fears that people might have regarding the coronavirus, Lord, we look to you. We look to you, Jesus, that peace is found in you. Lord, we thank you again that you are God, that you're in control, that you know all things. You knew the things that we read about in John 16 in our passage today, and you know what's going on now. So Lord, for anyone that has any fear, I pray that you replace their fear with your peace. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'll come. You'll touch people from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet and fill them with your peace your peace that surpasses understanding. And Lord, if there's people that have been listening to this that don't know you yet, that they will know that they can have peace with God through you, Jesus, and that they will um, just pray and ask and confess their faith in you, Jesus. They will ask you, Jesus, to come into their lives, 
that they'll want to follow you. So Lord, we lift up um, our fears to you. We lift up ourselves to you. We lift up our church family to you. And we ask, Lord, that you will guide us. You will guide us, Holy Spirit. That you will continue to make us the people that you desire us to be. And we thank you that we are not alone, that you are with us, that you are Emmanuel, you are God with us. We, we hold on to your promises that Jesus said, I am with you always in Matthew 28, 20. We hold on to your promise that you said the Holy Spirit is with us and he, that he's with us forever. And so I ask, Lord, that you'll use this time again to help us to grow closer to you. Fill us with your peace, Lord. Fill us with more of your Holy Spirit. Help us to be the people that you desire us to be. May you be glorified in all that we do. I pray this in the name of our mighty Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who gives us peace. Amen.